0: What's up, kid, folks? It's RJ Young. I am not on a step, no. Welcome to episode three of the number one ranked show, and it is a full one today. Have a conversation with Trey Sermon about why he ended up at Ohio State, what it was like for him to play at Ohio State, what he thinks of his time at Oklahoma, and whether or not he's the most slept-on player in this NFL draft. I'm also going to give you my top ten All-time college football transfers, and I promise that, number one, is going to be controversial to some, unless you're a college football historian, and then you probably know. And as a bonus to this episode, a conversation with 2022 athlete, all-purpose back, wide receiver, Braylon Presby out of Bixby, Oklahoma, who announced on the show that he's committed to Oklahoma State on Wednesday— You've probably seen that on the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, it's here for you because the show is as much about you as it is me, and this is the kind of stuff that I always wanted. This is the kind of stuff we always said that we wanted, and I'm grateful that you are here and able to listen to it. Since you're here, please rate the podcast five stars because this is a five-star show, and to prove it to you, I want to start with this. This month, several Power 5 contenders got to participate in an event almost all of them missed in 2020, the spring game. And the new names that, you know, include Ohio State defensive end Jack Sawyer, who was awarded sack after sack in his spring game debut, Miami freshman quarterback Jake Garcia, who hit 19 of 25 for 252 with two TDs, Alabama redshirt freshman QB Bryce Young, who completed 25-44 for 333 passing yards with a TD, and... USC quarterbacks Jackson Dart and Miller Moss got to showcase their talent. And that was just one Saturday in April. As any recruit Nick will tell you, spring game hits different when you've been following a kiddo since his sophomore year of high school. It's not that you don't know he's good. He is. He's probably a blue chip recruit, too. It's that you want to see him in your school's colors. And while there's a lot of hype around spring games, particularly because in recent years, they have become marquee recruiting events on the calendar. They're usually something of a letdown. The playbooks are colored vanilla. Many of the stars we saw burst into brightness in an otherwise dark 2020 sat out these glorified practices. Better to not risk injury than, you know, come up lame, holding a knee with a non-contact injury. And, you know, Court the chance of missing the upcoming season for a scrimmage. No one truly believes has any sway whatsoever over kickoff come September. But how we have missed this, even as we've seen an unprecedented amount of college football this spring. And while we can all appreciate the FCS playoff taking place, where a national champ will be crowned, I look forward to my team and many of your teams featuring a new class of freshman enrollees to the ranks. And that's what spring football is truly about, especially for me. You want to see that dude cracking against the first team. You want to see how deep the roster is likely to be come fall camp. Just as the early enrollee has changed the game, speeding up the maturation process of freshmen, we're about to see another change, though this one is happening just once. Last August, the NCAA Board of Governors approved a landmark measure proposed by its Division I Council. The measure allows for an extra year of eligibility for all the athletes due to the pandemic. Crucially, eligibility was extended even to those athletes who did not choose to opt out of the 2020 season. That means players who were seniors last year received an unprecedented fifth year of eligibility in some cases. That also means players who might have been forced to enter the NFL draft or find a different day job now have one more year to show the NFL personnel that they can compete amongst the best in the world. That also means you're going to hear the term super senior in 2021 as much as you've heard arm talent, RPO, or 11 personnel in the past five. Super seniors will not count toward a program's 85 scholarship players. That means we're likely to see the most competitive year of football we've ever witnessed in the more than 150-year history of the sport. And chances are, your team has more than a couple. As of February 28th, the Associated Press reported, Illinois has the most with a whopping 17 super seniors joining up with Brett Bielema in his year one in Champaign. My alma mater, Tulsa, has 14 of its roster as super seniors. And that includes the Golden Hurricanes top pass catcher, Keelan Stokes. New Mexico has 14, too. So does Hawaii, Arizona State, and USC. Rutgers has 13, including the Big Ten's 2020 leader in tackles per game. Buffalo has 13, too. So does Colorado State, Appalachian State, and Troy. Florida State has 10, including Georgia transfer, Jermaine Johnson. Who was the number one ranked recruit among junior college players in 2019 and former UCF quarterback Mackenzie Milton? Texas Tech has 10. So does Georgia Southern. So does Georgia State, Louisiana Tech, Houston, Minnesota, San Diego State, Oregon State, and Cal. Pittsburgh has 12, including four year starting quarterback Kenny Pickett. Middle Tennessee has 12 too. So does Missouri, Coastal Carolina, Texas State, UAB. Eastern Michigan, San Jose State, and Fresno State. Temple has 11. So does Tennessee, Arkansas State, SMU, Ohio, Western Michigan, Nevada, UNLV, Arizona, and Utah. Before Title IX became law, there was no such thing as a scholarship limit in football. Then, in 1973, the NCAA imposed a limit of 105 scholarships for football. That number was dropped again in 1978 to 95, for what were then called Division I-A, now FBS programs, and limited what were called Division one aa now FCS programs, to 63. And we haven't seen these many players in the FBS in 30 years, since 1992, in fact, when the NCAA dropped the scholarship limit from 95 to 85. That means in a normal year, there are just over 11,000 players on scholarship at the FBS level. This year, though, There are 1,046 super seniors on FBS rosters across 130 programs. That means there are more than 12,000 players on scholarship at the FBS level. So 11.5% of the FBS is not only comprised of super seniors, but of super skilled labor. Remember, the older the player, the more he's probably played football, the better he probably is at playing football. means there are not just more bodies, but bigger, stronger ones too. Because the game has changed. And it's changed so much with true freshmen arriving ready to play. Offensive football embracing the past at levels seldom seen in the 20th century. The sheer number of resources growing exponentially to field championship football teams. You just know a remarkably active transfer portal contributes to this. And so I have no doubt that this is going to be the best season of college football we've ever seen. And that is cause to rejoice. So... Now I'll talk with Trey Sermon about what this NFL draft process has been for him, but what was it like for him to come on so strong at the end of his career, not just in the sport, but in a very brief stint, but memorable one at Ohio State. Trey Sermon, welcome to the number one ranked show. I appreciate you being here, dog. I want to get started with Ohio State, Oklahoma. Which is it? Are you a Sooner or are you a Buckeye?
1: I'm both, man. Uh, I gotta go with both. I mean, you, I spend a lot. So you're of time. So you a college football bigamist? In... You said what?
0: So you a college football bigamist?
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, let's start with: What did you think when your knee went out in Iowa State game? Do you think that was your last game at Oklahoma? Hmm.
1: Nah, not really. I mean, uh, I was just so frustrated that that I couldn't play. I mean, that I wouldn't even have a chance to to just get back on the field, I mean, the the rest of the year. So, I mean, that was was really my, my thought process.
0: So, when you decide to transfer, what was that recruiting process like for you? Or was it? Did you know you wanted to end up at Ohio State?
1: Um, I definitely knew that Ohio State had a need just because J.K. Dobbins just entered the draft. So, I mean, uh, it was a place that um, uh, I was eyeing. And then, uh, again, I I had a relationship with Justin and Coach Alford. They recruited me out of high school, so uh, the the recruiting process was was really easy.
0: You say you had a relationship with Justin, two Cobb County kids, him from Kennesaw, you from Marietta. How did that relationship develop?
1: Um, Well, it first started out, I mean, uh, we have the same speed trainer. So uh, I've been working with him since, I want to say, my my junior year in high school around that time. So, I mean, uh, just us competing uh, since then, we just kind of developed that relationship. And then uh, I actually played against him in high school. So, I mean, we we always kept in contact here and there. Every time we went back home, we got with our, our speed coach, got some work in, and our relationship just continued to grow from there.
0: Well, you knew Justin when you got to Columbus. Do you know anybody else?
1: Uh, No, not really. I mean, uh, I've talked to some of the guys before. Um, I remember some of them from my class just uh, through recruiting, but, I mean, I I didn't really, really know them that well.
0: How many of you, uh, how many of them, remembered you busting up Ohio State, 2017, true freshman, (laughs) second game of the year?
1: Uh, Yeah, a lot of them remember that. (laughs)
0: How much flack do you catch for that?
1: Uh, not too much. I mean, uh, mostly the, the coaches, they, they gave me a little bit of trouble. But I mean, that, that was pretty much it.
0: Sounds like they were coaching you pretty hard, too, because right after you really broke out against Michigan State, Ryan Day said to media, we didn't know what we had in Trey, and we were starting to wonder what kind of a back we had back there how did you feel just trying to get acclimated and know the kind of back that you are?
1: Um, it, it really just took me some time to get acclimated. Um, I mean, just getting in sync with the offensive line. I mean, uh, as far as learning the whole playbook, learning the scheme, I, I had it down, but as a running back perspective, it's all about being comfortable. And it, again, it just took me some time to do that. But I mean, once I was able to click, get in sync with everybody,
0: I was rolling from there so I want to talk about December 19th 2020 passing game stalling your QB1 is out of sync you put the Buckeyes on your back you go 29 carries 331 yards like how did you feel when you reached that upper level where your mind body and soul is one and you got that glow going on how you feel
1: <laughs> Man, uh, I was feeling good. I mean, uh, I was just really feeling in the zone um, at, at the time. And then, I mean, uh, after the game, I mean, I, I was just relieved that I was able to help the team win.
0: I felt that game in particular was important for a number of reasons. It's not just that you won a Big Ten championship and you sealed a berth in the college football playoff. It was you showing your best self because I believe that Ohio State fans – didn't know the kind of player you were at Oklahoma. You had had 200 yard rushing performance. You had been the dude that carried a load in the third and the fourth quarter. How much was it just a relief for you to be able to show everybody, no, I'm this good. I am RB1.
1: Mm-hmm. It felt good to show everybody that, I mean, uh, again, just having um, a, a slow start was, was pretty frustrating, but I knew I just had to keep working. And I knew once I got the opportunity, I was going to make the most of it and, and really seize the moment just because of my, my preparation. So uh, once, it, once the opportunity presented itself and, and I was able to, to, to take over and get that workload, I mean, uh, again, I, I seized the opportunity. And it felt good just to show uh, everybody the, the type of running back I am.
0: So Michigan State, you go for 110 against Northwestern, you set the single game rushing record, stood for 25 years, held by Eddie George, who won a Heisman. Then you go into the college football playoff, and you bust Clemson up for 193. You get one carry against Alabama, and then you go out. How did you feel?
1: And uh, I was devastated. I mean, uh, just knowing how much I, I prepared for that game, I mean, uh, it, it was the biggest game of my life that, uh, that I was getting ready for. And, and it just hurt me even more because well, when I transferred to, to Ohio State, I told Coach Alfred, I told Coach Day, I'm going to help you guys get to the netting and, and we're going to win. So, I mean, with me getting hurt on that first play, I mean, it just hurt me a lot to that I couldn't really just uh, make that, that promise come true that, that I told them. So, I mean, uh, again, I, I know everything happens for a reason, but it, it was definitely tough and, I still think about it
0: to this day. See, I think about you as a talisman. And the reason I think about you as a talisman is because you have played on four college football playoff teams. You have won a conference championship in four years. You were a four-year letter winner. And um, all of this, you were the guy that carried the load as a true freshman and then carried the load as a senior, averaging six and a half yards per carry. 10 yards per catch. Like I'm making the case here. Are you the most slept on player in this NFL draft?
1: I definitely agree. I mean, uh, I feel like a lot of people I mean, haven't really done their homework because I mean, if they do, they'll know that as far as my size, I'm one of the most elusive backs in this draft. Um, uh, my catching ability is great. Although I haven't had a lot of opportunities, every opportunity I did have was good. I mean, uh, one-on-one with the linebacker, um, catching one hand catches in a game. Like I've done it all. And, and again, I've I, I shown it on film. So uh, again, I, I definitely believe that I'm the most slept on running back. But I know once I get my opportunity in the league, everyone's going to see who the best running back is.
0: How is your pass blocking coming along? Because that is the thing that I hear from NFL folks that is the toughest to pick up for a rookie running back.
1: I feel like it's good. I mean... I I protected four Heisman quarterbacks throughout my college career, Baker, Kyler, Jalen, and Justin. So um, uh, pass blocking is it. nothing new to me, and, and I definitely know that I can continue to stay sharp on my technique as I make the transition, but uh, I don't think it'll be hard for me at all because I mean, I've been doing it my whole career.
0: You mentioned the quarterbacks that you played with, right? All three of those guys, and I'm going to put Justin Fields in this, are going to be starting quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Which one of those dudes do you think is the best leader?
1: Man, it's really hard to say because that's what made all those guys so similar. I mean, uh, their their leadership qualities, that's what really separates all four of them from from everybody else. I mean, each guy I played with, that was a, a similar trait that, that I saw. I mean, just their their winning mentality and and their leadership, how all four of them, they just get everybody going and try to make everybody around them better.
0: What would be one thing you picked up from each one of those quarterbacks that you can take with you into the NFL?
1: Uh, Just attacking every day, Um, just having that mentality that each day you're just going to try to get a little bit better. I mean, uh, I remember my freshman year, spring workouts. That's what Baker told me. And then Kyler, Jalen, Justin, I just watched how they attacked each day. I mean, it was really the same thing. And and that's one thing that I know that I'll I'll always stick with me um, throughout my career.
0: I want to talk about you in particular here. And when I ask this question, I want you to really think about it. Who are the people... You are playing this game for.
1: Um, I'm really just playing this for my my family and and myself. I mean, uh, I know my family they they depend a lot on me, and I and I just want to set the right example for them. But I also play this game for myself because I love the game so much. I have so much passion for this game, and it, it doesn't bother me dedicating pretty much all my time to the game just because I, I know all the work that, that I'm putting in the the outcome that's going to happen. So i mean, going uh, really to really your to a question, just my family and myself.
0: You mentioned your family. I want to talk about your mom. I want to talk about your niece. What does it mean for you to be in this position now to go play professional football and to really help take care of your family?
1: It means, uh, it means a lot to me. I mean, uh, I told my mom when I was young that uh, I'm going to make it to the NFL, and, and you guys are not going to have to worry about anything. I mean, uh, I'm going to take care of you guys. So, I mean, uh, just having this opportunity um, uh, just to be able to take care of them, it, it means so much to me. And, and again, for my needs, just taking care of her, setting the right example for her, being a, a good role model, uh, it's really the most important thing to me right now.
0: What's going to be your first purchase when you get that first game check?
1: I'm uh, probably going to have to say um, a PC because uh, I'm a big gamer and I'm trying to get the whole setup. So once I get that first check, I'm going to buy me a PC and, and get that whole setup and everything so I can start streaming.
0: What are we playing? Call of Duty. I, mean, <laughs> I hear you say Call of Duty, but I don't think you want these hands in the gulag. I just... I don't think that's man.
1: I nah, I don't know. I'm 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 pretty certified in the gulag now.
0: <laughs> nah, that's what's up. Uh, when you play Madden, who you running with?
1: Um, it it really depends who um like what team I'm playing against. But my my go to team will probably it'll probably be the Cardinals.
0: With Kyler and DeAndre, and so you just you out here cheating. That's what you're doing. Okay. Now nah, I get you. I yeah, nah, get you. It's all right. It's all right. Can't, can't everybody just come up with the Saints? Can't everybody just come up with the Jags? You know, that's all right. I got you, though. I understand. I understand. So one of the things I've always been interested in when talking to players like yourself who are getting ready to go into the NFL is who your team was growing up and who was your favorite player.
1: I never really had a favorite team growing up. I mean, uh, I just always had favorite players that, that I specifically watch on, on every other team. So, I mean, uh, again, I never really had a favorite team growing up. But as far as favorite player, a um, guy I used to watch a lot I mean, was Ray Lewis. I mean, uh, just how he played the game. I mean, uh, and, and just the impact he had. I mean, it, it was just amazing. I know he wasn't a running back, but, I mean, just to – Again, the impact he brought on the field and, and just his leadership qualities. I just love watching him play the game.
0: Nah, man, like he's running back in high school and he thought he was going to do that. <laughs> like like no, son, you, you're going to play on the other side of the ball and we know what kind of player he is. You want him in a hole? Mm.
1: Oof, man, I, I never, I never turned it down. Man. Uh, hey, if I, if I see him in the hole, it, it is what it is.
0: So you're trying to go through Ray or you're trying to go around Ray?
1: I'm going to try to go around him, but if I can't, then I'm going to have to go through him.
0: <laughs> when you look <laughs> at other tailbacks in the league, who has something that you want, an attribute, whether it's their height, their speed, their ability to make people miss? What's one player's attribute that you like?
1: Um, I'd probably have to say... Le'Veon Bell's quickness, I mean, uh, I try to model my game after him quite a bit. Uh, I pick a little bit from from a, from a few running backs, but him specifically, I mean, just his, his quickness. I mean, uh, he, he's able to make guys miss um, due to his, his quickness and, and his lateral movement, and that's one thing that I, I just wanted to continue to improve on.
0: See, I'm glad you brought up Le'Veon Bell, because I got to tell you something. You standing there and hesitating in the hole used to give me a heart attack. OK, <laughs> you would stand there and wait for things to develop and do your thing. But I kept looking mm. at it, boy, well, hit it, hit, 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 hit it. And you would <laughs> eventually hit it. But is that something mm. you picked up from him or is that something that's part of your game?
1: It's something that's part of my game. I mean, mm. I, I like to be patient. I like to to let everything develop. And and as far as uh, just pacing the runs, I, I like to deliver my my to the linebackers, which which goes with being patient, and it just makes everything clear.
0: Tell me about Master Teague. What kind of tailback is he for you?
1: He's a he's an alpha runner. I mean, uh, he for him to be that big, I mean, he, he has great speed, and and he's just one of those guys that I mean, they uh, they give you one cut, and and they're gonna run through you, and, and they'll they'll run around you as well.
0: Okay, we touched on some running backs. We touched on some dudes you like. we am going to play a little game called Build Your Perfect Player. You got three attributes you get to pick here. Mm-hmm. Put them together. Tell me what your ultimate tailback looks like.
1: Uh, you said three, right? I said three. Okay. Um, I'd have to go with uh, Le'Veon Bell's quickness. Alan Kamara's contact balance mm. and uh Ezekiel Elliott's his his physicalness.
0: Yo man, contact balance. I have not heard that hit on enough. How do you practice mm-hmm. contact balance?
1: Um uh, it, it's really just having body control. Um I, I know when I'm working with with Footwork King, that, that's one thing he preaches is, is body control. And, and if you're going through certain movements, certain drills, and you're having body control, you can you can shed contact easily and stay on your feet. And that's one thing that I work on a lot every off season. And uh, even throughout the season, I just try to work on it. I mean, even in practice, I mean, just working on just just staying on my feet, just running through contact, staying up, or, I mean, just, just different stuff like that.
0: Where are you going to watch the NFL draft from?
1: I watch it from home.
0: So where's home now? I'm in Atlanta. Okay. It, it, yeah. Like, treat me like I know something about Atlanta. Where you at in Atlanta? <laughs> right now, I'm
1: I'm in Buckhead right now.
0: So so we bougie? Is that is that where we are? We
1: bougie? <laughs> okay. right. uh, hey, no, nah, we 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 not bougie.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, you say bughead. Yeah. All right. All right. Trey Sermon, thank you so much for joining us here on the number one ranked show. I wish you all the best. I'm so grateful to have you here, and I can't wait to watch you play in the NFL.
1: Thank you, man. I really appreciate you having me.
0: All right, brother.
1: All right.
0: Very cool, Trey. I appreciate you, man. No
1: problem. Thank you. I'm sorry it took so long. I was working out, and we just went over a little bit.
0: We got it in the can. It works for us. I hope it works for you. I hope it was fun. If yeah, not, definitely. yell at me. Let me know. Okay? I'll, nah, I'll, it, I'll... it was
1: definitely cool. I enjoyed it. All
0: right, money. We'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, bro. Appreciate you.
0: My thanks to Trey Sermon for engaging with me in that interview. I really kind of thought I tripped him up with the college football big and miss question. But you know... He's not the first dude to play at one school and claim it and then play at another school and claim it. And for him, he's got the single-game, single-game rushing record. Like, I still think that's crazy. Eddie George had that record for 25 years, and Trey Sermon comes through in the Big Ten Championship game when the offense is stalling and says, no, 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 I got it, just put him on my back. The preacher man summoning jutsu. Some of y'all are Naruto fans, and some of y'all just don't know anything about what I'm talking about, and that's okay, that's fine. But what you will know that I am talking about are what I think are the top 10 transfers of all time. And I really enjoy putting this list together because the journey is so very important, right? And I want to get into this top 10. We're going to start at number 10. We're going to work our way down to number one. Number 10, I got Russ Wilson, okay? He that started at North Carolina State playing baseball, averaged like 282, but also showed up as a pitcher. But here's the thing, though. He graduates, and then he tells everybody that he's going to go play for the Colorado Rockies, who had drafted him highly, and then decides that he does want to play another year of football. Well, the Wolfpack, you know, they got Mike Glennon over here. (laughs) Mike Glennon! Mike Glennon! And then you end up with Russell Wilson choosing to transfer to Wisconsin, and all he does in Wisconsin is lead them to the first Big Ten championship game ever, And the Big Ten Championship. Like, 42-39, first in the Rose Bowl. They drop it to Oregon, big deal. Russ gets drafted in the third, and you know what it is, right? I mean, there's the number of Seahawks fans that work on the show, and y'all get to gloat and whatnot because I'm a Cowboys fan. But Russell Wilson coming in at number 10 for me, really the dude that put the graduate transfer on the map and made that a regular thing for us. I mean... Feels like eons ago to me, but it was really like 2010, right? It's not that long ago. And number nine, I got Jalen Hurts. All right, so depending on who you want to talk to, Jalen Hurts went to Alabama. I don't know of a whole lot of Oklahoma fans that refer to Jalen Hurts as an Oklahoma quarterback, though when it comes to statistics and accolades, good luck trying to keep him off of the OU honor roll because he is the third dude to finish as a Heisman finalist at quarterback for Lincoln Riley in as many quarterbacks, right? And we'll get to the other two here in a second. Oh, rest assured that we will. But hurt showing up at Oklahoma, I did not think was going to happen. And then when we saw in that December, you know, the rumor, the inkling that it could happen, and then we find out he is, in fact, going to grad transfer, To Oklahoma, Austin Kendall chunks up the deuce and says, nah, I want to get up out of here. Ends up at West Virginia. And we have Jalen Hurts basically running unopposed to be the starting quarterback. And I got to tell you, there were a lot of folks that weren't sure if that was the dude to do it. And yet shows up, plays his own brand of football, leads Oklahoma to another Big 12 championship and a berth in the college football playoff still the only dude on that team to have won a national championship. And that was a big deal, right? Because the reason you wanted Jalen Hurts on that squad was to try to get Oklahoma to its eighth national championship. Didn't happen, but he ends up getting drafted in the second round. and looks like he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, which means that Lincoln Riley would have three guys that played for him at Oklahoma that are starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, that recruits itself at number eight. I got Randy Moss, all right? The verb, as you all know. Somebody going to get Moss. Hopefully, it's not you. But Randy's journey is remarkable to me. This is a man whose dream school was Notre Dame. All right, so, like, that hit me wrong because I just don't associate Randy Moss with Notre Dame, okay? I, I I just don't. So to find out that it was his dream school, I had to do some research in this to go look it up. And it's like, look, he, like all of us, grew up watching Notre Dame on a certain broadcast network. And that was their biggest recruiting advantage. So he got to see them on broadcast television all the time. Whenever you don't think the TV actually matters, remember those things. So the man ends up signing his national letter of intent to go to Notre Dame. Gets into some trouble. Lou Holtz basically walks him up to Bobby Bowden at Florida State and says, I can't take him, but he's good. And it's like, yes, we know he's good. The dude was leading teams to state championships at DuPont and was one of the best basketball players in West Virginia history and was a more than capable 100- and 200-meter star. I mean, Randy Moss is the original freak athlete. But Bobby told him that his president would only let him take him if he chose the red shirt while at Florida State. Which means that Peter Warwick, who was a two-time consensus all-American, was not the best wide receiver in his recruiting class, which is bonkers. Right? We always hear these stories about Danny Connell going up to Bobby Battle saying, Yo, can we can we play Randy, please? Can we can I throw the ball to that? 88. Just just give me 88. Because that dude is 7-Eleven. He's always open 24 hours, 365. 12 months a year, that man is going to catch football. Gets into some trouble, has to transfer again. Where does he end up? But back in West Virginia, but not at WVU, at Marshall. Okay, so at the time, don't nobody know nothing about no Matthew McConaughey in no movie. Okay, we we, we, we we don't know nothing about it. Okay, we know their Marshall is 1AA. Matter of fact, they're what North Dakota State is today. They're able to go and win championships. Randy Moss shows up as a red shirt freshman and proceeds to set records. He ties Jerry Rice's FCS record, what was the 1AA record for touchdowns in a season with 28. I No shade to Chad Pennington, but the man got drafted because he was throwing the ball to Randy Moss. Okay? The man was always open. The dude showed up for the national championship game ahead of Montana and got dressed four hours before kickoff at noon, sitting in the stands by himself. Dude came up to Randy and said, Randy, what you doing up here dressed? And he looked at the dude and said, I hate Montana. And went to work on him. Okay? Nine catches, 220 yards, four tutties. Randy Moss was that dude. Then Marshall made the leap from 1AA to Division 1 and proceeded to go beat the Brakes off of everybody else. Like, what are we doing here? Somehow, my Dallas Cowboys were able... had a chance, had one chance to draft Randy Moss with the 8th pick. Randy Ellis? That's what y'all decided to do, Jerry? Anyway, you know what it is. Randy Moss ends up with the Minnesota Vikings and has a pro football Hall of Fame career. Because that's who he is. Straight cash, homie. That's who that man is. All right? And that dude is number eight on the list. All right? We get to number seven. Look, we can say a lot of things about Kyler Murray. But none more important than it wasn't going well at A&M. When we all thought that Kyler Murray at the time was going to be that dude. Okay? Kyler Murray went 43-0 at Allen. You know, same Allen that Chad Morris is coaching now. Shows up at Ampersand U and is in a duel with Kyle Allen? Like, you know, Kyle Allen's an NFL quarterback. I get it. I understand. But after it wasn't going so well, December 2015, his head coach puts out feelers like, Kyle wants to transfer. Calls up Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley. Says to Bob, would you like to take him? Bob brings Lincoln. Lincoln is browbeating Kyler Murray into signing his financial aid agreement because, yes, he wants Kyler Murray in Norman. Kyler has to redshirt, or not redshirt, but sit out for the transfer. Then he's backing up the Heisman Trophy winner in 2017, gets drafted in the top 10 in Major League Baseball draft. Nobody expects him to do more than play one season at Oklahoma and go play Major League Baseball because they were rewriting the rules. So this man could be an Oakland 8. But what does he do? Proceed to throw for more than 4,300 yards, all the touchdowns, 1,000 yards rushing, the second all-time 4,000-yard passer, 1,000-yard rusher in the history of the sport behind Deshaun Watson. Leads Oklahoma to the Big 12 championship and to a berth in the college football playoff for me the most gifted quarterback that Oklahoma has ever had. And perhaps the best athlete that Oklahoma has ever had. A transfer from a Okay. So at number six, I got Baker Mayfield for the OG subscribers to the YouTube channel. Y'all remember the six. So savage. But more than that, it's about his role, man. Like. Baker Mayfield is the dream because many of us already think of ourselves as walk-ons. Like I've told many people, I have a group of five mentality. I believe that, yo, I got one shot to try to do this and I'm going to push it all the way in. And that is what Baker Mayfield did with his chips. He decided to go all in on walking on at Texas Tech because he knew he was a power five quarterback, even when he would have had opportunities to play go, to go play at group of five schools. And then did it again showing up on the doorstep of Bob Stoops at Oklahoma without telling anybody that he was coming. Bob was as shocked to tell media that Baker Mayfield was at Oklahoma as he was to find out that Baker Mayfield was at Oklahoma the first time. So like, the way I always put this in perspective is because I was covering the beat at the time. And the idea of a guy like Baker Mayfield showing up on the doorstep of Oklahoma following the 2013 season was just so wildly irregular. Because you got to remember, Trevor Knight had just beaten Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, right? The A.J. McCarron, Amari Cooper, Alabama Crimson Tide team. And everybody thought that Trevor Knight was going to be the guy. And then you get Baker showing up saying, not only am I going to be the guy, I'm good enough to unseat this dude, Trevor Knight. And while he's there, he's on the scout team with Mackie award winner Mark Andrews and Zeus Orlando Brown and Doriel Green Beckham, who was previous number one overall recruit in the country. Right. Then leads Oklahoma to a 2015 college football playoff berth, makes the Heisman finalist list along with D.D. Westbrook in 2016 and then wins the trophy in 2017. By the way, taking Oklahoma back to the college football playoff and becoming the number one overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. We've never seen a walk-on win the Heisman Trophy, and we probably will never, ever see a walk-on win the Heisman Trophy. So from number six, I want to go to number five. You get to Justin Fields, all right? Justin's story is as remarkable as any that I've ever seen of a high-profile recruit because What people forget is that he's been compared to Trevor Lawrence for the better part of his football life. I mean, they're number one and number two in the recruiting rankings. And Fields, like Lawrence, wanted to show up right away to compete after a wild journey through recruiting, where he at one point committed to Penn State and kind of looked at Ohio State, but ends up at Georgia. You have his father fielding calls from general managers going, Yo, man. Please make your kid graduate in the spring because if you make your kid graduate in the spring, we can pay him millions of dollars after we draft him and then send him back to play college football. It's fine. We're willing to give you this money and invest in him. And yet Fields said, no, I want to enroll at Georgia because I want to be a quarterback. Not only do I want to compete with Jake Fromm for the starting job, I want everybody to know where my heart lies and it is becoming a first-round NFL quarterback. Doesn't really get the opportunity to compete with Jake Fromm for the starting job at Georgia, and decides to transfer to Ohio State before you can really guarantee that you can get that hardship waiver deal to work out for you. Shows up there, all while we hear guys like Tate Martell going, no, learning Ryan Day's offense is not simple. You can't just show up here and learn it before spring and then win the job come August which is exactly what Justin Fields did. Then he leads Ohio State to a Big Ten championship and to the college football playoff. Takes an L against Clemson, where the last pass he throws gets picked off. Says, no, I'm coming back to run it back. That's what I want to do. The pandemic hits. The Big Ten cancels its season. And yet there is Justin Fields leading the charge for we want to play. A man who was going to get drafted in first round anyway who had more to lose than to gain by playing college football in 2020, still started the season in November, manages to lead the Buckeyes to a national championship berth in January, all all while getting his revenge against Clemson in a game where he was injured, still completes 22 of 28 for 385 with six touchdowns, and an interception. One of the coolest stories that I've ever got to witness as a college football fan. And he's number four on the list, right? Excuse me, number five on the list. Number four on the list is Joe Burrow. Now, Joe Burrow being on this list seems just wildly strange until you get to the 2019 season. Because even after he chose to transfer to LSU, he wasn't the reason that 2018 team LSU was good. Like, that was defense. That was Devin White. That was Grant Delpit. That was dumb. That man completed like 57% of his passes. And yeah, they win 10 games. But at the time, we're looking at Joe Burrow, not unlike we look at Jake Fromm. He's good. He's not great. Comes back in 2019 and says, watch this. I'm going to go for 5,000 yards passing. I am going to get upward 60 touchdowns and six ITs. I'm going to win the Heisman Trophy. And I'm going to be the number one overall Selection in the 2020 NFL draft off of one brilliant year, so good that they renamed the high school football stadium where he played after him. Right? And this is at L S U, where they are now spelling his last name, not B-U-R-R-O-W, but B-U-R-R-E-A-U-X. And if you you've been through Louisiana, you understand you're gonna make it do what it do, right? That dude is number four on the list. And number three, I got an offensive lineman. Shocker for some of y'all, but some of y'all will also understand what Landon Dickerson was able to do for Alabama, okay? Because Landon Dickerson decides to transfer to Alabama, which nobody seems to be able to do, and then works his way into the starting lineup at center, which you can make an argument is the most pivotal role for any offensive lineman, let alone any offensive player in football. You're responsible for making all the calls. You're responsible for taking on that 350 pound nose tackle. You gotta be able to move. You gotta be able to pass block. You gotta be able to pull. And you have to have the trust of that dude that is calling out the signals behind you. Dickerson shows up, takes the job, and then is able to. Talk Nick Saban into letting him go out there and take snaps in the waiting seconds of the national championship game, knowing he has no business even being in pads. All right. I love that story. And I love knowing that a guy like Landon Dickerson can still exist in modern football, where you can still show up to Alabama and you can still win a starting job on that offensive line and you can still win a national championship. He might be the first player selected in the, of the interior lineman in this NFL draft. Then at number two, I got my guy—the guy I believe is the greatest college football player of all time. The guy whose journey started at Florida, gets into trouble, ends up in Brenham, Texas, playing for Blinn College, and ends up at Auburn. All right, so Auburn was good with Tommy Tuberville in two thousand four, but we ain't really, we ain't really, you know, checking for Auburn like that. We check it for Bo Jackson. We're not checking for Auburn, okay? Cam Newt shows up and basically, with a little bit of help, but mostly by himself, if we keep it at 100, let's keep it a buck, leads Auburn to the national championship and wins it along with the Heisman Trophy. Now, in the modern era, the guys that won Heisman Trophies, won national championships, and been number one overall picks, they're seldom, they're few. Then add to that what Cam Newton has accomplished in the NFL. Still playing, by the way, and was 2015 NFL MVP. And the guy for which we could all look at and say, hey, you could still be a quarterback and overtake this game. It's really rare because football is such a team sport, but I've never seen someone bend the game to his will the way that Cam Newton was able to do it with his legs and with his arms, right? And then number one, on my all-time transfer top ten, it's Nebraska quarterback Scott Frost. All right, so this is one in which I'm probably gonna get checked when you see this on the on the list. But let me let me start with this. Scott Frost wins two national championships at Nebraska. That's what you know about. Okay, puts together an 11 and two record and then a 13 and 0 record with Tom Osborne. That's what you know about. What you don't know is the man left Nebraska to go play at Stanford. So how did he end up at Stanford? He wants to play for Bill Walsh. I mean, who wouldn't want to play for Bill Walsh, right? You understand what that West Coast offense could do. You know what he was capable of in the NFL, right? And then Bill Walsh decides to retire. Tyrone Willingham is supposed to be head coach, Stanford. Scott Frost says, I, I, I ain't signed up to be coached by Tyrone Willingham. I wonder if I can go home. And who's at home but the man himself, Tom Osborne. I want to come. Can I come? Yes, you can come. Shows up in Nebraska, wins the starting job, and leads them to national championships. That is the dream. That is what we expected from Jalen Hurts, right? That's what you got out of Joe Burrow. That's what you got out of Cam Newton. But to do it twice in two years, or three years, excuse me, we're not really prepared for that. And then my favorite fact about Scott Frost is not that he ends up in Nebraska in a roundabout way. Is it that he, in Central Florida, won a national championship in 2017? Is that the man was drafted to play safety for the New York Jets? And he tried that. He did that. He's got tackles on the resume after playing quarterback in Nebraska because that's what we think of quarterbacks that ran the triple option at Nebraska. And yet here he is today at Nebraska where he is always thought of being and where he is at home. And the love affair between he and that fan base is unlike any I've ever seen between a head coach and really a fan base that's been starving to win. It's remarkable that they have been able to put up with each other for this long, but I think that this year they're going to have something to show. They're going to have something to prove. They get Oklahoma in a game that we thought they wanted to duck them in. But I don't know that Scott Frost has been in a position to duck anybody. Least of all, a dude that is transferring from Stanford – where he could have just as easily been the precursor to to, uh, Andrew Luck and transfers back home to where Tommy Frazier was lighting people up. So that is my top 10 list of college football transfers, you know, for the end of time, all time, until we find out that there's another Joe Burrow, Cam Newton rising. But there might be. Because one of the things that we love to talk about here on this show that I wish more college football shows did was recruiting. And what a way to start with that with a conversation with 2022 athlete Braylon Presley who announced on Wednesday that he is committed to Oklahoma State. Let's take a listen. I am joined by 2022 Bixby star, one of the best players that I've ever had the privilege to watch. Braylon Presley. Braylon, how you doing, money? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm good, bro. It's your day. It's your day. So, like, let the people know. What did you decide to do?
2: I uh, I mean, after thinking about it, talking about it with my family, uh, I'm going to be joining my brother, Brennan, at OSU.
0: H- hold up. We're going to have two Presleys in Stillwater?
2: Two Presleys in Stillwater.
0: Good night. <laughs> All right. Dog. Oh, man. So, like, your brother, right, is, is one thing. Because I think there's a lot of folks like yourself that know about him and whatnot. And then he did the thing with SportsCenter a couple years ago and then showed out in the Cheese it Bowl. But, like, why did you decide to choose Oklahoma State?
2: Um. Well, I mean, at the time, I mean, I had talked to my dad about it. Um, uh, I kind of talked to Brandon about it uh, early on, like, in about March. So, I mean, what kind of it came down to was, I mean, just the way they recruited me. And then, I mean, I had a real talk with Coach Dunn, just the logistics of if I were to come there, you know, how things would be. And I mean, if I'll get playing time and I mean, I just I like how he's like what he said. I like how he pitched it. So, I mean, I just kind of made my decision then to stay on home.
0: So in talking with Coach Dunn, how much did it matter that you really, uh, are not just going to get to play, but you're following in what I think of as a really great wide receiver tradition. I mean, your brother being one thing, but also Tylen Wallace is going into the NFL draft. And then you take a look before that, you look at guys like James Washington who won the Bolitnikoff Award. You look at guys like Justin Blackman who was like that dude. Like, what does it mean for you to be able to join those dudes?
2: Uh it means a lot, actually. It means a lot just to get the opportunity to go there and try to follow in their footsteps but i mean i know being under that um that coaching staff and coach dunn and coach gundy i know that i mean with me going there they can produce me to be um not only the best uh, college athlete but the best athlete for me in the further future to better me for i mean the nfl which is my
0: ultimate goal so i think i jumped the gun here just a little bit are you playing wide receiver or are you just gonna be playing all around
2: well when I when I when I had that talk with um, coach uh, coach Dunn, we had talked about, you know, where I would be playing and I think we kinda of both just agreed upon that I mean I would play it's kinda of like what I do at Bigsby, so like a hybrid type thing. So I would play slot, but I mean then again I would play a little running back if they needed me there just to kinda of get the ball in my hands and whatnot.
0: How has this adventure been for you? Because I know that you know one of the things that I want to stress to people is how how come Braylon Presley does not have more Power Five offers, especially after what we all saw you do to Booker T on national television. How has this process been to you?
2: Um, I mean, it started off a little, started off a little rocky. I mean, you know, just entering my junior season, I had I think only three offers. So I knew just heading into my junior season I had a lot to prove to a lot of people and I still do in my mind. So I mean the process itself has been has been a blessing and it's been good. But I mean it's definitely been one of those things where I mean, you just you have to go out and perform. Like even when I started getting the offers, it was mid season, like I had just played against Burger T. We we're heading to the playoffs. Like I couldn't I couldn't be that nonchalant guy and say, Okay, I'ma just chill because you know, I have all these offers, like I still had to go out and perform and prove to people that, you know, I'm a good, I'm a good player.
0: So was it your brother that really pushed you over the edge? And the reason I ask this, because there are lots of folks that thought that Justice Hill would have been able to convince Dax Hill to come up to Stillwater. And I said, hey, it ain't going to work like that. That ain't, it's, it's got more to do with that than whether or not your brother's in school there. <laughs> but how much did Brennan factor into your decision?
2: um honestly renan didn't factor into my decision at all um and when i say that i mean i mean yeah i've talked to him about uh just different things as far as um just you know playing there and what it's like but i mean especially with making the decision this big i mean you have to think with you have to think about more than um just my brother's there or and you know i'm going to go there to stay close to my family and everything cuz i mean i Honestly, I I was leaning towards a lot more schools, but what really just pushed me over the edge and convinced me was I mean, the staff at OSU. You know, I'm I'm familiar with the place. I love the staff. I know the I know uh I know all the staff like and just the culture in general. Like I love the OSU culture. Um I kinda have a family line. So I mean, what really pushed me over the edge was just how everything happened, like how the coaches recruited me, their pitch, and how they said they want to use me. And I know they were all legit. Like, I knew it wouldn't BS. So, I mean, just kind of that trust and that love that I have for her she is kind of what made me just want to pull the trigger.
0: One of the things I try to stress to folks is that the Presley name means something, starting with your sister Brandy. Like, how did your parents just – build this machine that gives us Brandy, Brennan, and now Braylon, dog. Because, like, I look, like, your sister owns a school record for the 100 meters at Ole Miss. Your your brother is going to be wide receiver one next year if things work out, right? Like, what does it mean for you to be in this family?
2: Uh, it means a lot. I mean, I don't um, – it, it's an indescribable thing. I mean, you know, we've all accomplished so much, and we still have more that, you know, we are going to accomplish. I mean, this is only the tip of the iceberg to me um, and to my family, but um, this, it means a lot just to be a part of this family because, I mean, most people see, um, they hear the Presley, Presley name and they just think, oh, you know, athletic, I mean, gifted from the parents. But, I mean, it took a lot of work just to get to where we are. Just for Brandy to break those records, it took a lot of work. For Brendan to get where he is, to me to get where I am, like, you know, this didn't happen overnight, like. We had to go out and work for it. So, I mean, just to be a part of this family, know the whole story about uh, the whole story behind um, how we got everything we got. I mean, it's a blessing.
0: What are you going to major in at Oklahoma State?
2: Um, now, this could change, but I mean, as of right now, I'm kind of set on majoring in architectural engineering.
0: Yo, that's heady stuff. What what made you pick that? like seriously, like when they say engineering, I'm always going, yo, because my, my sister went up there to uh she graduated Oklahoma State, got a degree in biosystems engineering. She like runs oh, a wow. hospital or something now. Like it's yeah, yeah, y- y'all engineering <laughs> brains up there. I don't I can't do that. I'm i I'm an English dude. Like I write the stuff down. I I make the videos, that's what I do. But why architectural engineering?
2: Um I mean, it's, it's since I was little, I mean, I've kind of been interested in drawing and I know it takes a lot more than drawing, but I mean, just with architectural engineering, my mom kind of did it. So, I mean, I feel like if I did get stuck, I mean, she could help me. And it's just something that's been enticing since day one. I mean, engineering something I've been wanting to do since you know, I was a little kid. Um, and then I figured out that there are different types and you had, you know, um, Uh, electrical, mechanical, and then I heard architectural, and then it just, and I don't know, I just kind of heard stories about, you know, like the Eiffel Tower, and just the interesting stories that came behind it, and it kind of just enticed me to want to try it, so.
0: Now, that's what's up, man. Uh, I'm so excited for you. I'm glad that you were able to do this. You were able to commit before your senior season, which is a blessing in and of itself, and I can't wait to watch you try to run it back over there at Bixby, dog. You're like y'all, y'all building something special out there. It's it's not regular, what y'all been able to do.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like I mean coming back from my senior season, my last season in high school. I mean, it's bittersweet, but I mean, I'm all ready for it to try to go back and get my four state championship, and get those schools. I think ninth. I mean, we're building something special, and I don't think that um. I just think that, you know, we're going to be a school that, you know, could be known for a very well long time, even after I leave. So, I mean, as far as spring ball happens after track, I mean, I'm ready to get right back at it.
0: That's what's up. That is Braylon Presley, one of the best players in this 2022 class for me and the newest commitment to Oklahoma State. Thank you so much, Braylon.
2: No problem. Thank you.
0: Thanks to Braylon for announcing his commitment on the number one ranked show. And before we go, one of the things that I really enjoy is taking on your questions because you guys have such great opinions and really ask some insightful questions that I want to answer. And this one that I got from J underscore McGarry three, I thought was very good. But rather than just answer it right away, I would like to hear what you think. And then we'll see which one of your replies is good, right? And perhaps... Read it on the show. So let me put on my spectacles and give you this question. Which team that hasn't made the playoff is most likely to win the Natty? Tweet your answer at number one show and see what you guys come up with. I got my answer, but I'm really interested to see what you guys come up with. All right. That is our show for today. If you enjoy it, please. Leave a five-star review because this is a five-star show. I'm so excited to be doing this, and I'm glad that the rollout is going as well as it is. If you have thoughts or opinions about what can make the show better, guests that you want to hear on the show, please get at us on our various social channels. Just look for the number one ranked show. That is going to do it for me. Deuces.